Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hi, just a slight correction there. Don't mail your whatevers to that address, okay? Uh, it's Lynn Cullen Show at gmail.com. He said testily on a Monday morning. Hi, how you doing? It's no fucking November. One thousand. You're two thousand twenty-one. I don't know. Hello. Hope you had a nice Halloween. I was happy for the kids. A sense of normalcy. Uh, and speaking, just a quick a quick thing about. Uh, that I saw that's somewhat Halloween related because it has to do with candy. And uh, that is, uh, it's about actually uh, Tootsie Rolls. Don't know how you feel about them on your all-time list, but uh, they're okay. Tootsie Rolls, they've been around for a long, long, long time as candy goes. And uh, they were around, for instance, uh, in the 40s and, 50s and probably before that. And I came upon a, a little tidbit of military information <laughs> having to do with Tootsie Rolls. And I just thought I'd pass it on because it always amuses me when people, it's not, amuses is not right. It, it, uh, what's the word? What's the word, Colin? Come on. It, it impresses, that's not quite it, but it, it, it just wows me, I don't know, when people of ingenuity, of which there are many, not one, problem solver people, who given what's at hand, figure out how to solve a problem. Isn't there a TV, I've never watched this ser- television series, MacGyver, isn't that the thing on MacGyver? I don't know. It seems to me things I've read is about he's a guy who figures out how to use things in different ways. I, I, I'm not sure that's right. And if it's not, you can roll your eyes and say, God, she's out of it. But this is this military history of the Tootsie roll. During the Korean War, uh, American Marine. I'm just telling you what I read, okay? With Tootsie Rolls, that begs a question. But I, 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 you know, you're in the middle of a war. Uh, What you going to pack? You're in the field. There's people shooting at you. And one of the things on the list is Tootsie Rolls. I I can see it. Anyway, American Marines uh, during World War, at least one did. I don't know if this was a general thing. This is all I got. With Tootsie Rolls, they warmed up the Tootsie Rolls to melt them down just a little bit, that much, just to make them a little more pliable, like a putty, okay, Tootsie Roll putty. And they would use the Tootsie Rolls to steal things like mm, bullet holes in their gas tanks, like uh, cracks in their fuel lines. (laughs) Tootsie Rolls. That's all I got. That's all I know, but I love that. I love it. I mean, you know, you often think, well, I don't know if you do. I often think, well, let's get rid of the often part. I think sometimes that if, if I were one of the first humans, I would not have been the one who figured out the wheel. I I, I just, I'm always just astonished 
people who putter around and think outside the old box and come up with solutions. If I had a bullet hole in my gas tank and Tootsie Rolls, I'd eat the Tootsie Rolls, hoping it might cheer me up a little bit. There's that. And just a few other little, you know, tidbits, tidbits, quickies, and then we'll get into something here. I'm feeling a little better. I'm sure you can hear that in my my voice, which is still not quite right. And whatever this thing was, was awful. But um, I'm definitely coming out uh, the other side with the help of some heavy-duty steroids and uh, some other medicinals. God almighty. Watch out. There's crap out there. I mean, I'm serious. And you know what else happens when you're sick these days, especially mysteriously sick, like where your doctor doesn't want to see you? Um, You know, if something is wrong with your throat and they want to do a virtual, a televisit, well, I'm sorry, that doesn't work. You can't look down my throat or stick a light or something in there to see what's going on, you know, while we're on Boom. Oh, God. And, you're, and, you know, your friends, while helpful, don't want to be anywhere near you. So, you know, you become a pariah now when you're ill, uh, especially if nobody understands what it is. And we're much more aware of not wanting to infect others. So uh, you willingly make yourself a pariah and, uh, and tell people to stay away. Or if you're coming, I'll be masked. Be masked, just drop it off real fast, and jeez, what a wild. Uh, oh, Kurt's got a best costume he saw. Okay, let me see. Uh, it's a, oh, come on, you got to be kidding me. It's a Colagard box. For those of you who don't know Colagard, it's a, uh, it's a at-home uh, colorectal, uh, colorectal exam you can do. And here is a little boy dressed as, oh, who did that? I admit, it's, it's uh, yeah, that'd make me laugh. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have known that was a colorectal thing, though, because I don't pay that much attention to commercials. But that's pretty good. I saw that one little kid ended up, he came, this wasn't here, but he was, he just came in his regular clothes with a cardboard sign that said, I don't have, I don't have a Halloween costume because of the supply chain like that. I always like it when people, you know, I don't know. It's, it's hard. I was as a parent, the worst. I had no ability to create a costume. And even if I got my poor kid, let's say like a, there was once a clown costume and I had to, you know, put makeup on his face to finish it off. He ended up looking so ludicrous and so, um, it was awful. It was embarrassing. I think he was too young to be embarrassed, but I was embarrassed um, as his, his mother. So, and just one other thing, I've not watched any of the World Series because uh, I hate both those teams. Um, and even if I didn't hate both those teams, I don't think I would have watched any of the World Series. But I, when I saw that Atlanta was just looking like they were putting it away, I got particularly uh, – because I realized then that I hate Atlanta more than I hate Houston. Um, and I mean, this hating sports teams is, is a purely, uh, you know, irrational, usually kind of a thing that we do to enhance our fun and enjoyment uh, of a sporting match. But uh, I was glad to see Houston's keeping it alive because I hate Atlanta because of that. I cannot believe they're still doing that tomahawk chop. 
I hated it. I've hated it for decades. It's still ringing in my ears from when the Pirates played them in the playoffs. I hate it. And I hate their name. And the capper is fucking you-know-who at the game, apparently. He asked for tickets because God knows he would never spend a penny of his own. Uh, He asked for tickets and got them. And there he was, of course, doing the tomahawk chop. So I, I suspect Atlanta will hold on and win the damn thing, and I really don't care. But God, I hate him. Anyway, so all that's out of the way. We're all entitled to our opinions. Um, let's see where I'm, I'm going. The Supreme Court. You want scary? That's scarier than any costume you saw or any movie, Halloween movie. The Supreme Court, as you know, today is hearing the uh, Texas uh, arguments in the, about the Texas uh, abortion killing law. And uh, this is not specifically about abortion per se. It's about this clever little ruse that they came up with uh, that the uh, state, no governmental entity is actually involved in 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 this so it's uh, you know all citizens deputized to rat on any other citizen and then get paid ten thousand dollars if uh, your information uh, turn, you know it makes it makes americans bounty hunters uh, uh hunting other americans it's a lovely law uh so anyway that the, those arguments are happening today I want to remind people that there's an election tomorrow here, a lot of judicial races. If you vote for anybody with, a, with an R, I will personally come and throttle you. Seriously. There was a time when I did vote for people who were Republicans. Ah, uh, man, that day is long, long gone. And when it comes to those retentions of judges, the safe thing to do is no, 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 because nobody knows who they are. And why should once they get elected have a life tenure job? Why would you even do that? And here's another one. There is a guy, Democrat, who's running for judge. He's got the, one of those golden names in these parts, Costa. His name is Jessel Costa, for judge. He is, according to anybody in the know, totally unqualified. The only thing that qualifies him is the name Costa. Okay? Spread the word on that one, even though it probably won't do any good. It was, I want to know, I just sensed I was going to say so, and I actually sat on it. Good for me. That's one for me. Bad of myself. I, uh, last week at some point, uh, spoke of the fact that movie theaters are going to start offering closed caption screening, you know, subtitles, even on English language films because so many people are now used to it and at home have their captioning on all the time. I thought it was just like old farts like me whose hearing starting to go, but that's not the case. Uh, it turns out it's being driven more by young people. I mean, it just all blew me away. Young people, because young people are incapable of directing their attention to only one screen at a time. I remember 
when my son was in grade school or whatever he was, I thought he would have, he'd be, computer would be on, he'd have the television on, there'd be something else on, and I'd say, how the heck can you know what you're But this is an entire, there have been generations, and, gen, and there's a whole generation after him, the Z's, I guess, right? I don't know. And all they do, we knew, heard about multitasking, but they multi-screen, they just, they're, and and so when they're doing that, so if there's something on uh, television and the TV's on, but they also are looking at their phones, um, they look up every once in a while or look away and having the words on there a lot, this is what they want. They like the subtitles because it gives them more input or something. So I was talking about that. And um, I got a really interesting email from one of you. Uh, this is someone who I know has been listening to the show for decades. Excuse me while I take some. I'm almost getting into liking tea. <laughs> anyway, he he said, I just want to um, comment on this multi-screening or whatever. And he says this, I'm 41. Okay, so I think of him, he's a young guy. Of course, if you're in your 20s, he's an old guy. He's sort of in between. I'm 41 and find myself falling victim to multi-screening all the time. I watch TV, but I'm also on my phone. I'm reading something, but find myself needing, I love this, needing to check my email or Twitter or a news headline. I don't like that I do this, but it's become impulsive mm -hmm. for me. I think the word might be addictive, too. We're all suffering. So he said, I deactivated my Facebook account a few months ago because I found Facebook to be bad for my mental health. Good for you. Too much fighting and arguing, and most of the arguing is uneducated and too much bragging. Yeah. Look where we are, and you're not. Look what I have, and you don't. Look what I'm eating, and you're not. Back to uh, the email. I've not really missed being on Facebook, but I, excuse me, uh, that's not Facebook anymore, is it? It's Meta or on that later. Um, I've not really missed being on there, but I, I do find myself feeling disconnected because I don't really know what's going on with friends. It's incredible when you realize how much Facebook has changed the game. So many of us. And I know it's even worse for those younger than I am. And he goes on, he says, connections with friends are not what they were even 10 years ago. Just the way we find people to date, not that I'm looking, but you know, all this stuff. And he goes into, into that, how, uh, if you ever actually get to the point where you're going to maybe go out with something, you know, the person you're out with is still, still possibly on their apps, wiping left or right, <laughs> looking for who knows something better. Uh, it's almost as if on a first date, you know, you, you gotta, grab their attention like you're a trending topic on Twitter. As much as I have found myself multi-screening, like so many, I have not figured out how to thrive in this environment. Yep, there it is. Uh, 
I work remotely, he says. I interact with coworkers on Zoom. Uh, coworkers are checking and responding to email when we're meeting. You can see they're doing that. And that often causes uh, us to have to go back and cover what, uh, you know, has not been paid attention to because they're multi-screening. But this has become the norm as opposed to something rare. I wish I knew the solution here. But this is a societal issue and it becomes a personal issue for all of us, and it is difficult to navigate. It's exhausting. It's frustrating. I found this so, yeah, um, and I thank you. I thank you for this. So he's 41. That was a so. He's 41. I'm 110. And I have these same frustrations, sometimes just watching other people exhibit this behavior. Uh, And this is just the beginning of more (laughs) of it. And I think the reality is, and it's a frightening reality, that we are witnessing, we are in the the very beginning, truly, beginning, but it's moving so fast, of a total change in the way human beings interact, receive information, you name it, everything, everything, everything. Think of that caveman I sort of alluded to earlier, the guy who actually invented the wheel. Maybe it was a woman. That person who invented the wheel. From that person all the way up until what? Just, I mean, into my lifetime. Into my lifetime. Humans interacted in the same way. The Egyptians building the pyramids, the Incans building their pyramids. Did they have pyramids? Or those the Aztecs? I have no clue. Drop down time travel into any point in history, into any culture, onto any continent. And people interacted, human beings interacted face-to-face in real time. Yeah, they came up with stuff like writing and things like that. You know what I'm saying. But all of a sudden, now, It's changed totally, and it's going to start changing now at a rate that will leave even the fact that here's a 41-year-old, his head's already spinning. My kid, who's another, drop another 10, 11 years off, has commented that he's already not keeping up. There, there was a time when older people could still maintain a, a you know, a, a toehold, a foot in the current, in in the present. But <laughs> I don't know. As you know, I've I've had this anti 
technology uh, bias. It's not obviously a total bias. Technology has brought us amazing, amazing stuff. But because it's humans, these God, geez, often awful humans who take this stuff, this magic, and create entire new realities. I, I, I'm sort of not knowing where to go here uh, because it, it so freaks me out. Um, Maureen Dowd happened to have a, a column actually on this, I think yesterday. Not much of a column, but totally she and I clearly are on the same page. And and she had the opportunity to talk to the guy who uh, used to be the head of Google. His name is Eric Schmidt. And Eric Schmidt is watching what's going on now. And in fact, he's written some book called The Age of AI, Artificial Intelligence. He's written it with 275-year-old Henry Kissinger. How the hell would you write that book with someone that old? Henry F. and Kissinger? Anyway, that's just an aside. But when a guy like this, who was sort of there at the beginning of all this stuff, is clearly absolutely unaware, incapable of telling you where it's going, incapable of even answering a basic question, like, is this technology our friend or our foe? He responds with the mushy, well, it's uh, unreliable as a partner. Ha, <laughs> ha, yeah, uh-huh, it is. It's dynamic, he says, in the sense that it's it's changing all the time. It does things you don't expect. And it's capable of learning. And it will be everywhere. And then he starts asking questions. So what does an AI entitled best enabled best friend look like? What does AI enabled war look like? Does AI perceive aspects of reality that we don't? Is it possible that AI will see things that we humans cannot comprehend? Well, my answer to that is, yeah, obviously. And you got people who understand this stuff much more than I, like uh, Stephen Hawking, God bless him, who warned us, Elon Musk, too, is very concerned because they warned that by unleashing this and guys, it is unleashed. We will end up as my son predicted before he was 10 with a robot overlord. That's a hundred, a thousand times smarter than you are. Now, Schmidt says, well, that's a little, hmm. I don't think it is. But he says, we're going to have to coexist. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, this human is so glad that I'm 175 because I'm not 
going to have to coexist with these smarter-than-me machines who will be calling the shots, who are already spying. I was realizing when I was walking my dog last night, do you know how many cameras were on me just from these goddamn doorbells you people have? Every minute. I have never said, hey, Siri, don't answer that. Or Alexa, will you? And I will not. I'm not going to talk to him. I'm not going to get so lazy. I can't get something for myself. I'm lazy enough that I'll Google stuff. And here's the thing. I was lying in bed about a three or four nights ago and unable to sleep. And it occurred to me that the people who are creating this world, we're going to have to, there are people creating this world we are all going to have to live in. And who are they? Huh? You know any of them? Who elected them to create our world? Who do they answer to? They just act, and we are acted upon. And then, of course, there's the capitalists who see money, 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 power, 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 power. And the governments who see power. Control, 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 control. And I started to think, who are these people? Well, they're almost 99.9% males. Tell you that, right? We know this STEM world is overwhelmingly testosterone-infused. So again, men, smart guys, they're smart in a certain way, as we know. There's different kinds of intelligence. They're really smart in some, and they are really beyond stupid in others. So stupid that they never ask themselves questions like, uh, what could an unintended consequence of this be? Or do I just get to keep essentially beating off at how brilliant I am to see what else I can do with it? And a lot of these guys, this is the, yeah, the nerds. <laughs> The, the, the nerds who are generally not known for people skills, right? They're creating a world in which people are going to have to live. You are going to have to live in this god-awful world they're creating and getting off on being gods. Gods, creators of worlds. I didn't sleep that night. And then in reading her column, I come on this quote from Eric Schmidt, the former CEO of Google, who says this. It can sometimes become a giant false god. And he says exactly what I was thinking. Listen to this. You've got these nerdy guys who have an awful reputation for how they treat women who now get to be the life creators. Ah, he, he imagines them thinking, you women with your petty little biological wombs can't stand up to us. We're making the big life here. We're the super gods 
of the future. Okay. I was saying, did you watch 60 Minutes, Anderson Cooper? Do you know, I I came upon the very end of that, and I thought, wow, and it just solidified that this is what I wanted to talk about. This is what I saw. He was an Israeli uh, researcher. Well, she's just saying historian, um, and his name is Yuval uh, Harari, and uh, – what Barbara's writing, uh, and he admitted to being frightened by his predictions about the future of humanity. There you go. Well, there. Don't listen to me. I never did that well in science, but I do have an operational brain capable of functioning and imagining and seeing where we're clearly headed. Barbara here. At the start of the interview, Cooper, that's Anderson Cooper, quoted Harari's claim that humans alive today will be, quote, one of the last generations of Homo sapiens. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, because we're not going to exist as we have. That's what I was saying. Humans have always been humans. For millennia, 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 as long as we were here. I don't care if you think God put us in the Garden of Eden or we came out of the muck through evolution. This is a total game changer and it's going to happen so fast that the young people you see in your life are going to live in this world. I'm sorry. I'll go back. This guy is saying that we will be one of the last generations of Homo sapiens. And then within a century or two, he's given us a century or two, Earth will be dominated by entities that are more different from us than we are different from chimpanzees. Yeah. Wow. No, I didn't hear that. Oh, God, I wouldn't have slept last I slept last night. I'm so glad I didn't hear this. What the hell does that mean, asked Cooper. <laughs> that freaked me out. And Harari said, you know, we'll soon have the power to re-engineer our bodies and brains, whether it is with genetic engineering or by directly connecting our brains to computers, or by creating completely non-organic entities. And Anderson Cooper said, well, that would create a whole other species. Uh-huh, said Harari. This is something that is way beyond, way beyond just another species. Oh, God. There you got it. No, I'm, I'm actually glad I didn't see it, but I'm not surprised. There you have it. Um, the end of Dowd's column says this. And what's with that creepy metaverse that Zuckerberg's trying to lure us into? All of the people who talk about metaverses are talking about worlds that are more satisfying, uh-huh. satisfying than the current world, a place where you're richer, where you're more handsome, more beautiful, more powerful, and faster. So in some years, people will choose to spend more time wearing goggles the metaverse, they will opt out of reality and they will opt in to 
virtual reality. And the younger ones will have much less problems. They'll drive it. And Maureen Dowd says, and who gets to set the rules? The world's going to become more digital than physical. And obviously, that's not the best thing for humans. And back to the Google guy, he says his new book poses questions that he cannot answer. Or he's unwilling to, because it's such a dark, such a frightening, obvious. And her last sentence is, unfortunately for us, we won't know the answers until it's too late. That is correct. And we, and while I sit here bemoaning all this, those nerds, oh man, they're going nuts. Nuts! And the capitalists are salivating. And all of this to destroy a species. Because that's what Homo sapiens seem to be able to do best. Destroy species, even our own. I'd love to resurrect Charles Darwin. Because in his idea of how species change, they had to change in real time. What he knew of real time because he did not know of artificial intelligence. He did not know what technology and the human brain was capable of doing. And it absolutely rose over everything that we have known. And you don't have to be some paranoid idiot to think this. I know people always were, ha, 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 because I've been saying this for decades. And people have called me a Luddite. No, this is so beyond all of that. All of it. This is beyond game-changing. And I I guess I'm going to have to go back and watch this interview. Or not, because I know it in my gut. Whatever this guy is saying is true. True. I mean, for God's sake, I give you Mark Zuckerberg. Does that guy look like a human to you? I told you, I don't even think he looks human. And that is guys like him who are, who have created this, who have started to peel away from millennia of human behavior. And they're change, it's changing all of us. And generally, obviously, not for the better. Oh, yeah. Technology allows us to live longer. Technology helps us in many ways. But I'm sorry, (laughs) the other side of the coin is, yeah, the end. Speaking of that, read this article about these Christian missionaries. And one of them was quoted as saying, if you don't think the end time, the end times, uh-oh. <coughs> Damn, I've been screaming and I, if you don't think the end times are upon us, you're crazy. <laughs> and I thought, wow, being this whacked out 
missionary in the Amazon are absolutely agreeing, but coming from totally different places. That's actually an article I'd like to get into later sometime. I don't know. Do we have any callers? I'm sorry. I've, I've been bogarting. Don't get the illusion that you're not a pot smoker. I've been bogarting the... Uh, hello? Someone there? Hello. I was wondering hello. if you can call today. Well, I, I was on a roll. You know, I'm not sorry. I, my show, yeah. I get to... I don't have to share. Oh, this is a stupid male, so I don't know. <laughs> hey, um, you do sound strong today until just your last call. Yeah, I know. I've overdone it. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, did you have many trick or treaters last night? We had no, a record number. No. Oh, we, we, we had. That's good. I, I've lived on the same street for 23 years, and we had um, more than double than what we normally get. Wow! And, um, so that was nice. Um, yes, but that the, is nice. But let me let me put this out here. You you know how like um. I don't know, back in the 80s or 90s, or maybe it was early now, we started having this increased um, diagnosis of ADHD. Um, mm -hmm. Like, and, and, and now it's just getting crazier and crazier. I mean, you know, every other kid's on some sort of medication now. Yeah. And to your point about like people need simultaneous multiple distractions all the time. Otherwise, they don't know what to do with themselves. And I remember I was accused, and rightly so, of watching too much TV when I was growing up because I just sort of zoning out in front of TV. Now we got that exponentially. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, and I wonder if, like, if there's any, you know, psychiatrist or any type of somebody in the audience say, no, we, that, that's definitely um, impacting these diagnoses of ADHD because I, I see it with people. My wife, she's almost 60. She, she's constantly distracted. It drives me crazy. It drives I'm me distracted. Crazy. I'm distracted. I'm distracted and I'm addicted and I've got that fucking phone in my hand all the time. I'm playing games. I'm checking I'm checking Twitter, I'm checking the news feed, and I will tell myself, what the hell are you doing? And I just go back. So if somebody like me, who already sees what's going on, it, we're, we're putty. We are putty. The, it is, it's over. It's over. It, it, and I, yeah. Well, you and I aren't going to change that. I mean, we can change ourselves. We can change our own behavior. Well, but, it doesn't matter. It, it, <laughs> but but you, like you said, it, it's over. I mean, um, but uh, but I just can't. I can't control that anymore. So I can control myself, and it's a tool. It, the phone is a tool, well, and it's handy. It is really nice in that well, let, if you use it in a tool. Yeah, but Roger, it, 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 we're all holding these extraordinary computers in our hand. That's what the tool is, and it's the entryway to this other world that we will, and we're already, I mean, we're in every way we're, we're navigating it already. They're training us to navigate it little by little by little by little, uh, human contact disappearing. Um, and, and that's, that's just the reality. And, and children, when you talk about, you know, when even watching my child and this is now he's almost 30 years old. So watching him and how his experience as his brain was forming was so different than mine. Yeah, you might have sat in front of a TV, but he had a TV, he had a computer, and then he had, you know, and then more and more in these games uh, that were like virtual reality where he felt he was in battles or something and stuff like that. And I thought to myself, you know, his brain is being rewired, not rewired, is being wired in mm -hmm. a different way than mine and all other generations of human beings was. It, and what did I know? It's many more times that. So their brains are different. Those little kids that came trick-or-treating at your house, their brains are different. I, I had a kid who came up. 
he ran up, grabbed his candy, went back, and his parents apologized for his lack of manners because he wanted to get back to playing his game on his parents' phone. Or maybe it was his phone. He must have been six last night. I mean, that, that's it. Now, last week, I think it was Thursday or Friday, I can't remember, the New York Times, somebody wrote an article about how the Gen Zers are driving millennials and Gen Xers crazy already in the, in the workforce. Yeah, I saw that um, article. I, you know, I, I don't know. That's the way you know, it they're, is. They're, but, yeah, but in some ways, I like it because it's like, um, I've got, you know, they right flat out there. I've got menstrual cramps today, not feeling, I just don't feel like coming in today. Or I can't get to this boss. Can you take care of it for me? <laughs> and, and these people are going, what the hell is this? You know? <laughs> I, well, it's, it's a, listen, I, you know, they are going to have to deal with other humans. They'll be their bosses are going to be computers. They're all we're already hiring, you know, through algorithms. If you were to look for a new job, your chances of ever talking to a human being are, you know, not great. Um, it's over. It's oh, over. Relating, we're relating to what you're saying about like baseball, the World Series, and everything. And um, you know, they've all switched to these what, analytics. And, you know, they're bringing in a relief pitcher, you know, every chance they get. And that's why teams are stacked with pitchers versus skilled uh-huh. pos- you know, uh-huh. other position players. And my All point is, numbers. yeah, yeah it, it is like, so wh- why do you have a manager? Why don't you just have a computer? That's because right. And well, the, they computer, will. the computer, the computer, the computer says, beep, time to put in Joe right. Schmo and beep, right. time to put in Joe Schmo B. And um, it's like, that's right. That's where it's it, going. It, and we humans are going to be ju- marching to their orders. We already are in large part. And there's no stopping it. There is no stopping it. So, I mean, if you all, if you want to live in a historic time, uh, you can't get more historic than what we're living in. And here's the other thing I want to say. When things are as unstable, and unknowable as they are now, and as scary as they seem, what happens? Demagogues happen. People are frightened. People want answers. People want somebody to say, what the hell is happening? And they don't want treatises from Israeli scientists or historians or whoever this guy is. They want simple answers. They want who to be mad at. Whose fault is it? <clears throat> and this is where we're heading. You wonder why democracy is on the decline, why autocracy is on the way up, because we're already into this. And we haven't even mentioned, you know, the impact of climate change and, and all of these other things that are that are afflicting the globe right now. Uh, we are we have reaped the whirlwind. That is, Aren't and, we lucky? Yeah, well, uh, you know, but uh, maybe I, I feel lucky because um, yes. because I'm I got to live in the last for most of my life in the last part of what n- the vast majority of human history was that environment. I got to live in that human to human environment, and it's. Yeah going well, hey I'm, i gotta go I'm, I'm, yeah okay oh i'm retiring in a few years and i and i'm glad i'm on the on the outside of this and um i just choose not to participate you know and you know i participate because i order stuff online and stuff or, or whatever and it's a tool but i'm not going to sit there and watch, i'm not on facebook and i'm not going to get all aggravated because betty sue said this about Johnny or this and that. And, and, and that's what's, what's happening. I see, especially with, you know, and it's not just young people. I mean, I see it with people who are 70, 80 years old, who, who just got sucked in. And I first I'm thinking good for them that, you know, they're retired, but they kept up with technology. And I'm like, Oh, maybe that wasn't such a good thing mm-hmm. after all. Yeah. Right. Because what is, what is the technology giving us? It is feeding us this stuff that is designed to addict us to wanting more of it. 
And we know what addicts us is stuff that emotionally sets us off. And this, none of this, none of it is good. Okay, thanks for the call. Okay, have a wonderful head in the oven. (laughs) Yeah, you too. (laughs) You too. Bye. (laughs) Oh, God. So, guys, there's that. Hey, let me do this little thing to end things on. Just uh, wait. I just want to quickly get to a few emails I didn't see here. Uh, David writes, I loathe the fascist Republicans. That is correct. I am proud to have only voted for three during my lifetime. John Hines, Arlen Specter, and Gene Vitone, or Vitone, Washington County DA, who passed away recently. I went to high school with him. I could have voted for Colin Powell pre-UN speech, but I guess that's a moot point. Other than that, no Republicans. We had a policy of denazification in Germany after World War II, debathification in Iraq after the Persian Gulf War, and we need to de-republicanize our country as quickly as we can. Fascist, Nazi, terrorists. Throw them all in jail. I do not disagree. Bob writes, first of all, I'm personally pulling for Atlanta to win the World Series because an Atlanta TV personality, Jovita Moore, passed away from her courageous battle with cancer on Friday. Why would that be the reason you'd vote? I don't get it, but okay, and I'm sorry. I saw that. I think I, yeah, I saw a beautiful young woman. And second, did you see Mrs. You-Know-Who caught on camera giving another weird, snarky look toward her husband after he was cheered at the game? Yeah, I did. I don't care either. Um, Okay, so then there's this. This is another little tidbit from the real world. Have you ever heard of an animal? I mean, when it comes to uh, mammals, you don't think of any mammals as being venomous. And I, I mean that literally. Uh, you know, uh, having uh, having a poison with which they kill. Can you think of any? You know, you can think of reptiles and. Can you think of any mammals that use toxins to kill? Well, I can't, but then I'm no biologist. And um, and then let's just narrow it down. Any primate, that's our crowd. Any primate, any ape, monkey. Hmm? Yeah, there is. So one of the venomous mammals is a primate. Did you know it? No, I didn't either. So I'm passing this on to you. And it is the cutest looking thing. See, there's a lesson in that. You'd be drawn to this guy if you saw him. Oh, he got big googly eyes. Real cute as this. Real cute. It's a monkey. Little like teddy bear looking monkey. It's got little teeny bear ears. It's got a little nose. It's got big, big, big round eyes. And it lives in the trees, and it moves real slowly through the trees, which is why it is called a slow loris, L-O-R-I-S. Never heard of it. Cousin, it's a primate, a slow loris. That cute little thing has needle-sharp teeth. That carry, <laughs> oh God, that carry such poison that if you're bit by one of them, that poison can literally rot your flesh. Now, the good news is the odds of you getting bitten by one are negligible unless you're in a rainforest in uh, Southeast Asia. And generally, because they're up in the trees this, and they're very territorial. This venom is for another slow loris. (laughs) And they go to these head-to-head in death matches. 
dance matches where they're hanging by their tails upside down and trying to pierce the other's heads with the venom. They bite each other on the top of their head, inflicting grisly wounds. So it's not uncommon to see slow lorises up in the trees with with uh, missing ears and toes and deformed body parts, and sometimes sometimes a loris with just obviously its its head rotting off. Um, I just thought you should know that. I mean, just because that's part of the natural world that we're not going to be part of anymore. Yep, there it is. Slow, Loris. And I've destroyed my voice. (laughs) But it's the least I can do to warn you about what is called the singularity. It's coming. Uh, We are disappearing. We will be subsumed machines and people are actually cheering this on. Ha! Have a great day. See you tomorrow. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.